from IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software, you're listening to The Art of Automation with host Jerry Cuomo. Thank you, Ethan, and welcome to The Art of Automation, a podcast that explores the application of automation in the enterprise. Today, we're set to explore automation in the financial services industry. And folks, AI-powered automation is already well at work there. It's transforming how these organizations operate internally and enhance interactions with their customers, like me. And I don't know about you, but I often use my bank's chatbot to check my balance, make payments, all sorts of things. I just love it. And think about it. There are iconic automation systems that have come from this sector. Most notably, the ATM, as in automated teller machine. There it is, right there in the name. And ATMs came in existence in the 1960s. So fast forward to today. Artificial intelligence is now in the mix, and it's attracting huge interest as the financial sector explores its potential to unlock value, to improve customer satisfaction and loyalty, more responsive and effective operations, and tighter compliance and fraud detection. So for today's episode, I'd like to invite an industry colleague of mine that I've had the pleasure of sharing a stage with before, Oscar Roque. Oscar is the Vice President of Strategy and Emerging Solutions at Interact Corporation in Canada with a top-line mission to shape the future of finance. Oscar has led projects in open banking, digital payments, blockchain, and fintech. Welcome, Oscar, to The Art of Automation. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's, it's very good to be here and to speak to you once again, despite all the circumstances before us. So let's get right to our first question, if you don't mind. Sure. All right. Oscar, why are you so excited about the opportunity to shape the future of finance? And why now? How does what's happening in the world affect the shape, so to speak? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And when I think about finance, I think finance in its current definition, especially just given the pandemic, it's no longer about just finance. We've already seen quite a significant shift to digital in everything that we do, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's finance, the day-to-day -day interactions. It's just, it's all around us. And when I think about digital, you would normally classify it as you know a certain group or certain segments of folks transacting digitally. But just because of the pandemic and it's been able to really transform what finance is, um, what mm -hmm. other sectors are, and really start to really intertwine them together. And what this really means across the consumer and the end user and the small businesses is the ability to start blending those experiences into what's right for that consumer. We're, we're a payments company naturally, so and mm -hmm. we're foraying into digital ID. And when we think about the end consumer and their experience and their journey, we make sure they're at the very center. And so what a digital shift means, it's more than just payments. It's how they transact digitally, how they log in and how they verify themselves. And all of those important pieces, it's really exciting just to be in finance because it's just, it doesn't mean to be limited within financial services anymore. That's just awesome, I think, for the consumer yeah, at the I, end of the day. I agree. And when you say digital, I assume you mean multimodal customers coming in through mobile apps and everything in between. Could you maybe share a little bit about that? Absolutely. It's, it's the blend it's there's no more physical, there's no more different types of digital. It just has to rotate around the consumer and whenever and however they decide to transact with whatever they're trying to do, whether it's a person or even a device. 
And we're seeing this, sure, in the financial services world, but we're also seeing this relevant to how we're conducting even just meetings. We are so used to -to face-to-face, but just given the circumstances, we had to quickly adapt and shift, obviously, to virtual meetings. But then you transpose that and you think about, wait a minute, conferences have fundamentally changed as well. Whether they're hybrid or fully virtual, the way you conduct panels, the way you host yourself, the way you have to change your behaviors and your body language so that it really translates digitally and in one and zeros versus what you didn't have to do before the pandemic. This is a paradigm shift right across the board. And that's pretty exciting just in terms of like what it means for digital. At this point, there's no going back. I mean, once you've gone digital, (laughs) you don't go back. And Oscar, I'd like to also say that being digital is the precursor to automation. It opens the door. Once you're programmable, now you invite programs. And one of the more interesting types of programs are automation programs. Can you tell us a little bit about automation and financial services? I love this piece that you mentioned around being digital is kind of the entry point to automation is because that digital transaction, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a a meeting online or whether you're transacting with something or someone, there is data now that's being generated out of it. And from that data, yes, it absolutely leads to the ability to automate and just make things more seamless and drive a better consumer experience. And so when when we start to think about that and you know, I've got the fortune to be able to lead corporate strategy for my organization. When I start to think about that, wow, there's a lot of data out there. And how, as Canada's trusted company, how can we make sure that we help Canadians at the end of the day have full transparency in how data is flowing Mm -hmm. and also help them to think about control and consent of that data? Because ultimately what's going to happen is with the proper setup of that data flow, the proper benefits can be driven through automation. Makes a lot of sense. At the top of the podcast, I mentioned how I was excited about using my bank's new chatbot as a way to make payments and things like that. But I think being digital is more than just about chatbots. Can you talk a little bit about capitalizing on the digital investment, perhaps using technology like AI, and how do you really take your customer's experience to the next level? Yeah, it's a very interesting piece. I I tend to think of it a little bit with a two-pronged approach. There's definitely the everyday conversation that most of us, you know, corporate folks have around the table around how do you actually help the customer with this increased data flow, obviously with their consent, and how do you drive just values, just being able to preempt and make those experiences seamless, right? Whether it's dealing with how you manage your money, whether it's making sure that the fraud, for example, is all preempted and you're catching that ahead of time and you're not disrupting the experience wherever they are, and the list goes on. But I also think about the second angle in this vector around data flow and automation, what's fundamentally important is a lot of research and a lot of inputs are key to being Mm. able to drive strategy, that competitive intelligence, if you will. And that requires a significant amount of ingestion of data or articles, digestion of it, and then synthesis of that data back in a very succinct way. right? And that's relevant to the business. And when I think about automation, the more complex the world gets, the more these sectors are all convening or becoming one and it's no longer about just financial services, what that just means for a strategy team or data team or a research team is there's a lot more to ingest because something in the healthcare or the telco world could mm-hmm. definitely now 
significantly and directly impact something in the financial services world. And that's probably stating the obvious, but that just means we have to be able to get ahead of it as a strategy team and to figure out we can't just add bodies to this. We need to be able to automate it, to your point. That's right. You've made a big impression here with the variety of data sources. I would say some of that data is structured. Some of it is probably (laughs) noisy, unstructured data. So you have to kind of connect the dots and you know, all the analogies, finding needles in haystacks and all of that to make sense of it. Tell us a little bit about about how that, and perhaps this is where machine learning and other technologies come in to help make order from that chaos of data. It's funny, when, when we think about data generally, there's definitely like the two camps, they're structured and unstructured. But when you end up ingesting it into your organization, if it's not all structured the same, it kind of just looks like it's unstructured. It feels like it's That's unstructured. Right. So you just got to restructure. It's basically an exercise of restructuring everything mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of its structure outside. And Good so point. we end up looking at data really from three different categories. And the categories are, it's one is we call it like the forefront or the academic type of category. And these are things like scientific papers, scholarly papers, driven out of universities, colleges, et cetera, patent offices, for example, and even conference presentations. The second category is what we call like journalistic. This is the, what you read on the paper. This is what you see online, right? Those news sources. And again, they may be credible, they may not be, but this is also part of the, the learning language, if you will. And then the third category is social media. This is the most unstructured mm-hmm. data, if you will. But again, mm-hmm. when we treat it as it comes into the organization, we treat it all the same across these three categories. And so the interesting piece about all of this is how do we take these three things, which are only exploding and expanding, and be able to say, oh my, how do we create competitive intelligence to the earlier point and make sure that it's right and it's relevant? And this is where machine learning comes in. And so could you imagine we have a bench of several researchers who are doing this day in, day out for a living, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. And so where I see the opportunity for AI at the very least is to be able to, how can we train, let's call it AI agents to Mm -hmm. augment and add to the team? And then maybe one day be able to replace some of those team members, but not literally replace them but be able to have those team members use their knowledge capital and apply it to a higher order thing, right? Because the AI agent is their proxy and it's just, it's automatically being their ingestion, digestion, and synthesis tool while they sleep. And that is really exciting. You're right, Oscar. It's about building the hybrid workforce. It's about how these forces come together, technology and humans, to do something better than either of them individually. So that's great. So with that... Can you paint a picture of where this is all going? Maybe even a day in the life of of one of your customers, how it might all come together. A day in the life. I I just absolutely love this question. It's a great way to be able to make things real. And it's a great way, frankly, to look at the applicability of how automation, how AI can actually impact us every day. And so imagine a world where there is so much information and misinformation and something much like today, actually, uh, but much more exacerbated, and an endless set of sources, whether they're legitimate or not. And as humans, we have limited time and brain capacity to process all of this naturally. So in comes this ability to automate research, or what I'd call an AI agent, to be able to help synthesize all of that latest information and news in a manner that you would if you could actually pause time however long you needed. And so as an example, 
whether you're asleep or you're busy with something else, that AI agent could easily search and scour the web or other sources. And then it could update you with all of the pertinent and relevant information and news that you missed while you were focused on that different task. And imagine this model applied to teams responsible for research. And imagine how this insight can be very meaningful to you, to your organization, to your customers. This AI agent wouldn't also be limited to traditional sources. It would naturally expand to just those non-traditional sources, those unstructured sources like Reddit or other social media platforms. Not only checking for the information, but also the velocity of information. Imagine being able to detect GameStop much earlier because of the velocity of that front page post. Imagine being able to think about, learn about, invest in potentially towards the end of the year rather than when it blew up earlier the following year. Amazing. And what does this ultimately mean? Well, this agent can free up our time so that we focus on other matters, more important matters, the macroist, if you will, of matters related to EDI, equity, diversity, and inclusion, to ESG, environmental, social, and governance, the things that require a lot of discussion and the things that are important for the future of our society as a whole and how we think about our kids and our kids' kids. This is actually what really excites me about the power and the art of AI and automation. Oscar, wow. Drop the mic. Not sure a day in our life can be painted again so perfectly. And I love that idea of an AI agent working for you when you're busy. But if I can just squeeze in one more question. You and I worked together before and I reflect on some of the projects where you're kind of joining industries together. I don't know if you can talk about some of that kind of doing things around sustainability and things of that nature, working with the electric companies and bringing together payments in interesting ways. Maybe you can reflect on how your industry acts kind of as a crossroad to many interesting things and facilitator. Once you automate your enterprise, I think you also have the possibility to create networks across yeah, other enterprises. 100%. People will know Interact as a Canada's domestic debit network, right? Mm -hmm. And we run a different, a variety of different platforms that allow Canadians at the end of the day to be able to spend their money wherever, however, and whenever they want. And the interesting piece about this whole network effect that you were talking about is we, we don't only see a transaction as being a payment transaction. A transaction mm -hmm. can evolve to being a value transaction across our network, across yes. our reach. And so that applies to digital ID. But also one could say that also applies to anything that's data related. When you talked about some of these earlier projects that you and I worked on, it's we worked with a, a utility company, we worked with a healthcare company. And at the end of the day, we were able to use our network to be able to provide value so that when consumers shared their data and did good for themselves or the planet, right, they actually got value in return for it. And if you think about that, it's, that's great because there's an element around incentives and behavioral nudging, but there's a, also a higher order element around how do actually the actions of one or the actions from a day-to-day -day perspective, those minute actions end up evolving to be a significant community movement. And that's mm. pretty exciting. Wow. Okay. That is certainly both impressive and inspiring. And ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to The Art of Automation with my guest, Oscar Roque, VP of Strategy at the Interact Corporation and the shaper of the future of finance. 
Osler's comments certainly resonated. Time. AI automation translates to time. With your AI agent scouring the digital world for information that you need to be more productive as a human being. It's that hybrid workforce that we've heard repeatedly during these podcast episodes. That's so cool. And you also heard that the financial services industry is at the crossroads to many industries. And it's all about being digital first and being centered around the consumer. Well, that's it for today. And folks, remember, we now have a way to stay in touch in between episodes. So please connect to the Art of Automation account on LinkedIn, where we can get your feedback through direct messaging, surveys, and posts. Just follow the link provided in this episode's description. And once again, I'd like to thank you, Oscar, for joining. Thanks, Jerry. Glad to be here. And, of course, I'd like to thank all of you again for listening. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and Chief Technology Officer of Automation at IBM. See you again on an upcoming episode.